Blog Talk Radio. Today, uh, January 12th, uh, oh my goodness, June 12th, <laughs> I apologize, this is Janice Tunnell, your host for today, Sunday, June 12th. Um, welcome to the show, you guys. Um, we have a great show of beauty talk and beauty news uh, tonight, and so we're excited to get started. But first, let me just remind you, if you have a comment or question or news that you'd like to share of your own, please give us a call at 914-803-4399. Again, that number is 914-803-4399. And I'm going to turn it over to Ms. Denise. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Beauty Talk. Um, thank you guys again for joining us tonight. Um, we're going to jump right into some uh, beauty news. Um, I wanted to read for everybody, um, this email that was sent out by Michael Key, he's the, um, he's the uh, creator of uh, IMAX, um, the makeup trade show, as well as the editor of Makeup Artist Magazine email. It's a little long, so bear with me. He posted this email, but he thought it was uh, very important for everybody to, um, to hear this or, you know, to read it. If you, were, if you received the email, then you, were, you are a part of the Makeup Artist Magazine Pro Card. Um, Facebook page. If you didn't receive the uh, email, then I'm going to read it to you now. But I think he thought it was very important for makeup artists to take a look at this. It says, your lying eyes, age and the significant change in color perception. Michael Key. He shows two pictures side by side. One is reality and one is what he saw. So he shows two different photos. The two photos of the same thing, one showing exactly what it looks like in color and one showing how his eyes perceived it. It says, every artist needs to know that your eyes will change. Even if you're very young, it's coming. Color is crucial to our tribe. We develop an acute ability to accurately see hue, saturation, and color balance. Our eyes, combined with experience, tell us how much of a primary color to add to the desired shade. I'm very confident in my command of this skill. Therefore, I was shocked to discover how inaccurate my perception of color had become with age. For the years, the lenses in my eyes took on a yellow-green tint. The process was so slow, I was completely unaware of the shift. 
This deterioration was revealed when I decided to finally have LASIK surgery to correct my nearsightedness. I had been wearing corrective lenses since age 10. During the initial consultation, I was informed I was a good candidate for refractive lens exchange and asked if I would be interested. I had never heard of this. RLE, or refractive lens exchange, replaces your eyes natural lenses with artificial ones. For the most part, it is cataract surgery, even though your eyes aren't cloudy. Main advantages would be, one, unlike LASIK, RLE is permanent correction with no risk of regression. Two, I would never need cataract surgery. The downside was, was that this procedure was twice as much as LASIK. Being, the, being this was new information and an irreversible procedure, I needed to do my research. When I need advice on eyes and lenses, I turn to my longtime friend, Dr. Stacey Sumner, at Professional Vision Care Associates. They pioneered cosmetic contact lenses for the film industry and have worked with virtually every major actor. Stacey confirms the and assured me this is a well-established procedure that was very effective. With her endorsement, I was comfortable with choosing RLE. I was to have my right eye done first and my left a week later. This was to allow my right eye the time necessary to cover. It would truly suck to do both at once. During that week, I wore contact lens in just my left eye. I saw with one natural 50-plus-year-old lens and the new artificial lens. The whole reason I'm sharing this with you is due to what I learned that week. He goes on to say, it was weird experiencing very different sight from the two eyes. The color between the two was noticeably different. I took a photo of the sunlit floor next to my desk. Then in Photoshop, I color corrected versions to, ma- to match what each eye saw. So he's got three pictures now. One that was taken from the camera that's actual reality one showing what his left eye saw, and then one showing his right eye saw now that it's been corrected. And even still that it's been somewhat corrected, the, right, the color from the right eye still doesn't look like reality. Okay, so the photos in my camera are usually a tad brighter and more vivid than what I see. The new lens was much more accurate than my old natural lens. I was amazed that the lenses in my eyes had become so effective and was confident there are loads of artists that were unaware of this as well. I do believe the brain compensates somewhat for these shifts. As artists, we are constantly comparing reference photos or seeing in person our sources of inspiration. Even with the handicap of tinted lenses, we are probably in the ballpark. Having said that, who doesn't want to see truly? I had my lenses replaced December 2020. Since then, I haven't worn corrective lenses. My distance is better than 2020. My distance vision is better than 2020. My up close visions improved, but closer than 12 inches are still out of focus. The procedure, the day of the procedure was mostly most spent numbing my eye with drops. The time on the table was only 10 minutes or so. If you're interested, I've narrated a video of my surgery. If you're interested, you can see his surgery on YouTube. It's, U, it's Y-O-U-T-U dot B-E forward slash lowercase H, capital P, capital N, capital A, lowercase Y, capital S, lowercase C, lowercase Q, capital M, the number six, lowercase W. And I'll post this on um, our Twitter page. 
that's where you can find his video on YouTube that's going to um, narrate the video of his surgery if you're interested. The downside to all of this was he opted for multifocal lenses to give him the greatest range of near and far vision. These have circles, which are for, correct, which are for correcting at various dis- distances. The only downside is that he, I see halos and lens flares around lights. And during the week of having only one new lens, it was very distracting. I asked about this and was told that it will settle down with time. It hasn't, but I've come to notice it less because this is my new normal. So, again, remember he said that he got he was replaced in his eyes uh, December of 2020, and so now it's June of 2022. And um, he still sees, like, the, you know, uh, the lens flares and things like that. But, he, like he says, it's become his normal, his new normal, so it, he doesn't really on it as much. The brain adapts. So basically he leaves, He shows a Photoshop mock-up um, that he made to give, to give us an idea of what um, he sees. Um, and I'm going to try to find out if he has this posted anywhere on, um, on social media anywhere. If not, I may reach out to him and ask him if it would be okay if I post it so you all can see this. In my opinion, he says, this should have been emphasized in the consultation. For someone who does for a living or night vision is critical, multifocal could be a, a deal breaker. But for me, it's a small compromise for all the benefits. One other very minor side note is that in just the light, at just the right angle, my lenses reflect light. I'm told if it's, if it's a kind of silver glow like you see with cats, at the end of the day, I'm very happy with my choice and will make the same decision again. Obviously, my experience that people should consult vision medical professionals to advise was best for them. My hope is that this will bring awareness of the effects of age on our perception of color and will empower veteran artists to stay on top of their game. Enjoy. That was very interesting. Now he posted oh, sure. in the um, he posted in in the uh, makeup artist pro card uh, Facebook group page. He posted uh, something that says, "I sent out an email. Make sure you read it." So of course he didn't put the post on the page. He sent it in an email. So he's he wanted to really make sure that people actually read it and saw it and was aware of um, his experiences. Um, I'm really happy that he shared that because I've never, ever even thought about that. You know, you think just, you know, when, you know, you get older, your vision gets a little worse, um, but you never think about your whole perception of color. At least I don't think about my whole perception of color um, getting worse. I'm always just thinking that what I see is what it actually is. Right. So it's it's um, you know, it's it's interesting that he that he posted that and that he shared that. Not that I'm going to be sitting around thinking, oh my God, I'm going to see color differently because that was just his experience. You never know what your experience will be. You know what I mean? But um, I think that was uh, truly a well deserved read, and I'm glad I read it to every everybody. And like I said, I'll try this see if he has any of this posted anywhere on social media. Um, I know it's not posted on his Facebook group page, but if he has it posted um, like on his Instagram or something like that, I'll be sure to share that on our social media. Something something definitely you should, you know, pay attention to. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And mm-hmm. speaking of Michael King IMAX, um, I know we've been telling everybody about the London IMAX being postponed 
um, on their website now, they do have a to-be-determined um, date for IMAX London, but it will be 2023. So I'm glad they're giving it some time. Hopefully some of the vendors over in the U.K. will, will have bounced back by then. And um, I hope that he'll, you know, be able to, to um, you know, work, start working on it now to give people time to, to prepare and to get ready for that show. So I hope that, um, I hope that works out for them uh, for next year. Okay, so I wanted to tell everybody about um, Marietta's Virtual Makeup Academy. Um, Marietta Bernarski, she's a friend to this show, and she has um, a makeup online makeup academy. Um, and the web address to that is M Mary V as in Victor, M is in Mary, A is in Apple Education. So M V M A dot Education. Mary's Virtual Makeup Academy, and I bring this up because um, she allowed me to take one of her classes um, just to give her some feedback on the class, and so I spent some time this weekend going through the class, and I am so amazed. I am so impressed with what she put together, and I highly, highly, highly recommend um, this class. If you are interested being a makeup artist in the film and television industry, this class is definitely for you. You must, you must take this class. Everything that you ever thought you wanted to know about being a makeup artist in the film and TV industry is in this class. Like the, I left her a review and, review and I told her, I said, um, this class is a roadmap you know, whether you're day thing or whether you're a department head, it takes you through every, 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 every stage of that makeup department. If you're just coming in to work a day here or a day there, it breaks down everything you need to know, what you should have in your kit, um, pretty much set etiquette, how you should behave on set, um, you know, what you are responsible for, what your job duties are. Um, makeup department head, it tells you, Everything about being a makeup department head, um, you know, just everything, how to run your trailer, how to how to pick your team, um, it's all there. The key makeup artist, all the duties of a key makeup artist. Third makeup, I mean, it's, it's, it's all there. She even has, um, you know, people, like, who are in the industry and have been in the industry for a while and working as makeup. You know, some have worked as uh, makeup department heads. Some have worked as personals. So she talks about that as well, um, being a personal makeup artist and what's required of you and how you're pretty much in a department all by yourself because you're a personal. So she goes through all of that. And, I mean, the, the resources that she has in this class are unbelievable. I feel like um, the cost of this class is not even, you know, I feel like she's giving, giving it away with the information that she's giving you in this class, I feel like people aren't paying enough for it. Um, you know, it's like we spend years and years of uh, working in this history and not having, um, not ever having stuff like this when we first started in the industry. There were, you couldn't go online and find, um, you know, a class like this. There were no classes to be had online, first of all. Nobody was doing stuff online. But you couldn't really go in a classroom and get a class like this. Nobody taught you how to, to, you know, 
uh, matriculate throughout this industry. Nobody taught that. You learn things mainly on, you know, on your own unless somebody, unless you had a Marietta or a Debbie Young or somebody who would take you by the hand and help you. Um, other than that, you know, that was all you got. You had to pretty much work through it yourself. This, this okay, right here okay. with this class, you don't have to go it alone. I was going to say also, you know, back then, a lot of uh, a lot of your makeup artists weren't necessarily interested in film and TV. There were very few, and Absolutely. those few that were interested, those few that were interested would reach out to the makeup artists who were actually doing it. You know what I mean? Right. So mm-hmm, that's kind of how that went. And most people wanted to do fashion and and um, editorial type things. Yeah. It was not a whole yeah, lot but of the, but the TV. No, it wasn't. It wasn't really hardly any resources, really. But if you knew somebody who was doing it, that was the only way you were going to get help if they were willing to help you. Other than that, you, you figured it out on your own. You know, you made mistakes yep. and you learned from those mistakes. You know, you just figured it out on your own. And so she has other classes, too, um, you know, which she talks about, um, you know, your starting point, what you need to know, um, the script continuity and call sheet for film and TV, uh, industry language and job descriptions, um, on location for film and TV. Um, she has a resource library and then duties and responsibilities that, Responsibilities of a makeup artist for film and TV. That's the class that I um, that I took. That I'm recommending. I recommend them all. But like I said, if you if you want to get into the business, and you and you know how people always ask me, well, how did how did you know how did you do it? Or or sometimes once people get into the hair makeup union, they really don't know where to go from there. This tells you everything. This tells you everything. So there are 40 lessons in this class. I mean, it, it, you know, if you were to sit down, I would say give yourself about a good three, four hours just because you might want to take notes. Um, but it's worth every penny. So just wanted to throw that out there um, to let you all know about that. And then on Friday, we had the opportunity um, to speak to some young people who are wanting to be in the film and television industry as well, but not as makeup artists, but as, um, PAs, which is production assistant. And so every year we work with this um, this program, Amazing Stories, and they um, they have young people who want to get into the film and television industry, who want to be PAs, and they want to. They're learning all about PAs, and as they're learning about being a PA, they're also learning about other departments um, on set. So they, there's always a representative from each department on. Set that comes and speaks to these people um, about their departments and how they relate to PAs. So we were able to um, to go. We actually did a Zoom. Um, we actually did a call with them, and we were able to speak to them briefly about the makeup department and out of the makeup department, how we got started in film and television, as well as um, talking to them about um, the, you know, production assistants and the department that the production assistants and they're in the AD department, which is the assistant director department, and we talked about each um, each position in that department and how the department relates to them. And I thought it went really, really well. 
And they also mentioned a book that was written by um, two different PAs that we actually had the opportunity to work with, uh, Walkie Check, Good Check. Um, and this book is like a complete guide to being a production assistant in the television and film industry. And the book is in print, so if, if you are aware of anyone who's interested in being a production assistant on film and television projects, and they want to know how to get started with that, this book is like the PA Bible, and it mm-hmm. tells you everything. It's the PA Bible. Again, it's called Walkie Check, Good Check, the complete guide to being a production assistant in the television and film industry. Um, it's written by Jennifer Jadon Hatcher and Monique Shaw. So you can find it on Amazon. You can find it um, at Barnes & Noble. They have it in print as well as um, lookbook. Um, I think you can, yeah, I think you can also go to their website, which is firstteampros.com. Again, that's firstteampros.com. The first is spelled out, firstteampros.com. Walk that good check. You know, that's a conversation that we had <clears throat> with, um, with those young TAs in the making uh, was very interesting, and it always is every year. And I remember when we first started with this program, you know, we would talk a lot about, you know, how we got started um, just and talk about just kind of like makeup side of the industry a little bit. And then mm-hmm. what, we started, we, what we found out later, we, we asked the question, like, how many of those people are really interested in makeup? And we found out that a great deal of them were, were interested in being producer's assistants. So that's when right. we kind of flipped it a little bit. And we, we continued on the makeup theme, but this time we tailored it to um, what a PA should know about, you know, makeup on a film and television set and how to interact with the, the hair and makeup department. And I think that has really helped these young PAs a great deal, getting to know the different positions in their, in their particular department that would interact with the makeup and hair department. And so that's how we've kind of tailored mm-hmm. our talks with them, and I know it's been a big help. You know, yesterday, I mean, Friday, I keep saying yesterday, but Friday, we, one of the questions that was asked after we finished speaking was, um, do we work closely with ha- with the hair department at all? And I said, mm-hmm. well, you know, yes, we do. It's like we're super tight. Like because of COVID, now the hair and makeup department is split up. We're all in separate, you know, we're in separate trailers. Before COVID, hair and makeup existed together on the same trailer. Um, right. But but we're now separate, but that still ha- doesn't change the dynamic of the relationship between hair and, and makeup. And so as we're explaining to them how they as PAs must interact with our department, you know, we're also explaining that that goes the same for, for the hair department, you know. And um, I just wanted to speak to how important it is to have a great relationship with the hair department. And I, I just mm-hmm. say this, like, before I even started doing film and television, of course, you know, when you're networking, you're going to these network events where there's makeup artists, photographers, hairstyles like that, 
you know, you of course you're going to meet a lot of makeup artists. But when I was always networking, my thing wasn't to meet a bunch of makeup artists. I wanted to always meet everyone else. You know what I mean? Because if I'm on a job, I'm the makeup artist. So now I have to learn mm-hmm. how to interact and, and collaborate with the photographer, the hairstylist, whoever's doing the, the costume or wardrobe. Um, so I've always managed to have great relationships with hairstylists because it's like when you go on jobs or when you go on test shoots, you meet a hairstylist and you kind of connect. Yes, let's work together on something else, you know, and you collaborate and you try to create. And I try to explain to them that that's pretty much the same thing. Like film and TV set, there's a look that the director and the producers want to see. And, yes, you definitely have to work closely with the hairstylist because we have to collaborate on this look. Um, it's always mm-hmm. so important to bring in all the elements to, you know, to help you create what you want to do. You know, like for some people, they say, well, I have to see the clothes first. Yeah, that's very important. You know, connect with the costumes department. Well, I want to see what direction that they're going with the hair. Then I'll know exactly which way I'll go with the makeup. You know, like when you're unsure and you kind of see what someone else is doing. Like I know hair always says they want to see what, the costumes department is doing. And then from there, Mm -hmm. they can come up with a concept or an idea. So it's just very important to collaborate with other parts, other members of the the team. Um, And so we definitely, as a makeup department, we definitely collaborate with hair. They're our buddies. You know, like I said, if it wasn't because Mm -hmm. of COVID, we would be in the same exact trailer. Um, Mm -hmm. But because we're not in the same... trailer, that right there alone is why we definitely have to make sure we're communicating with them um, and always knowing what they're doing and, you know, they want to always know what we're doing um, so that we all can be on the same page because even though we're separated by trailers, we are still one collective unit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so, um, so in- interesting that you bring that up because even on the show we're working on now, just you know, being in prep and everything. So it's so tricky because we're so, you mentioned like the hair wanting to see costumes, you know, it's almost the same for makeup as well because you kind of get that inspiration. Even though you know what the director is looking for, you still really get, you know, great inspiration from, um, from the clothes. So when the clothes are available to see, it just helps. The color palette helps um, when deciding, you know, um, how to design your looks. Even though the the directors can tell you whatever it is they want, they can tell you all kinds of photos, but it helps when you see what they're wearing. When when someone, you know how sometimes you can do, somebody can have their hair done, but the look is not pulled together until they done or until they have their whole complete outfit on, the same here. It's like, you know, you can have your hair done, you can have the clothes on, but until you put that makeup it all, you know, it, it's not, it hasn't come together yet. It's like almost there, but not quite. So that's the thing. It's really having to see that whole total package. And I think that, that that's what that collab is all about, you know, just having hair and costumes together. And it, it really helps you to come up with, um, you know, your design and your look for what the makeup's going to be. That was a great question. It definitely was. 
Um, yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay, so, so I wanted you know, to I, also um, – I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, even though they are PAs, but asking questions like that really does help them um, understand, you know, what we are all about. And I think knowing mm-hmm. and having an understanding of we, what we're all about is great for a PA because, like I was explaining to one of them, you know, like if it's taking more time for someone in hair and makeup to, to do what they're supposed to be doing, when they may have said 30 minutes and it's taking them 45, you know, um, getting an explanation from them as to why it's taking them so long so they so that they could better communicate with their, um, you know, uh, first AD or what have you. But like I was saying, sometimes people like first AD, a lot of first ADs are men and they don't know makeup. They don't understand what, you know, what is makeup and they don't understand what goes into, you know, creating a look for a woman's, for a woman, for her hair. And not to say that all uh, ADs or PAs are men, but those who are men, you know, they don't have a good understanding of what it takes to, you know, to get a female ready for camera. And so when they ask questions, when they ask questions like that, they can get a better understanding of what we actually do. Right. Right. So I have a little news from PBA in AHA, which is the North American Hairstyling Awards. Um, our friend to the show, Julia Pettis, just won um, Bars of the Year for 2022, so we're happy about that. But the entries are now open uh, for NAHA 2023. They're accepting entries right now. And uh, entries will remain open until September 14th of this year. So entries are open now. If you want to enter for the NAHA 2023 contest, um, entries will remain open until September 14th of 2022. You can visit probeauty.org for more information on, uh, uh, you know, on that. So just wanted to kind of uh, quickly give you some information on who can enter. You can go to the website to find out how to enter, but who can enter? Interest must be licensed cosmetologists and barbers. The only exceptions, the only exceptions are for student hairstylists of the year category and for the artists of the year category and for inspiring salon of the year category. Okay. Makeup artists of the year entrants do not have to be certified makeup artists or have attended a makeup artistry school. Entrants must reside in the United States, Canada, or Mexico. Naha entry collections can be published prior to entry and be submitted to other regional, national, or international competitions. So the collection will be like the collection of your photos that you would use to um, submit to Naha. So basically they're saying mm-hmm. These collections can be published. They could have been published in places prior to you submitting them for this contest, and they can be submitted to other regional, national, or international competitions. So it doesn't have to be, you know, brand new uh, for this competition. So those recommended to apply for Educator of the Year and Inspiring Salon of the Year categories must complete their entries and submit by the deadline to include 
inspiring salon of the year entries must be submitted by the salon owner or an approved representative, okay? Again, if you're a makeup artist, you do not have to have a, a makeup certificate or, um, or have attended, you know, a makeup artistry school. You can just, you know, be somebody that works at the counter and all and still submit your work. So you just have to go to beauty.org um, to find out how to apply and what's needed um, for your submission. And the regular pricing for your submission is $115 per submission and $85 for the student hairstylist of the year submission. And there's no entry fee for the inspiring salon of the year or educator of the year. Okay. And then just very quickly, I want to give you um, what those categories are, just in case if somebody's out there, just in case if there's any hairstylist out there who would be interested. Um, of course, there's educator of the year and inspiring salon of the year. Um, the categories for hair are avant-garde. Um, there's barber of the year, editorial stylist of the year, um, educator of the year, hair color, hair cutting, hairstylist of the year, inspiring salon of the year, makeup artist of the year, master hairstylist of the year, student hairstylist of the year, styling and finishing, team of the year, texture, um, and again, come back to uh, the beginning with avant-garde. So those are uh, the categories for the Naha competition. So if you are interested, you can check it out at probeauty.org. Again, that's probeauty.org. Um, and last but not least, um, if you haven't received your copy of On Make Magazine that's produced by the Powder Group, um, you can download a copy of it at thepowdergroup.com, okay, thepowdergroup.com. And so very briefly, I want to tell you really quickly about the Bridal Business Forum um, produced by the Powder Group. It, they have new dates for this. It's November 8th through 10th of this year, um, and it's in New Orleans, uh, Louisiana. Um, it's a live, in-person bridal business forum. Um, it's the first ever. It's a three-day discussion and open forum dedicated specifically to the business aspect of bridal, the business aspect of bridal. Um, the Powder Group bridal programs have been changing the game in the bridal beauty business for 18 years, and this program has been developed to continue that trend. The bridal and pro makeup industries have evolved. Um, the Powder Group has evolved um, their bridal-focused programming to include the most up-to-date and critical information from every corner of the area of bridal and special event work. This program is one of the comprehensive bridal business programs um, in their history, and they are thrilled to be presenting it in a way that will include uh, their community engagement and feedback through the event. Um, again, it's Tuesday, November 8th through Thursday, November 10th. We'll feature Joya Beauty founder Joanne Donna. Faces of Virtue founder, D. Uh, Ruzan, and the Powder Group founder, Michael DeVellis. Again, November 8th through 10th, 2022, New Orleans, Louisiana. For information and to register, you can go to thepowdergroup.com. All right. Well, I just wanted to talk a little bit um, for the last few minutes that we have about some summer beauty trends. Now, you know, summer is quickly approaching, um, but the way these temperatures have been feeling, it feels like it's already been here. But 
Not quite yet, <laughs> but it's approaching very soon. Um, and just wanted to talk a little bit about some of the, the makeup and skin and hair and nail trends for summer 22. Um, and I'll just run up, go across just uh, a couple of them just quickly, but we can get into some of them in detail. But some of the trends that are going to be happening, as they predict, um, would be double eyeliner. Earthy shades, emerging makeup brands to try. It's going to be a trend. Um, a touch of texture. Goodbye to beach waves. Micro accessories. Strawberry strong, and the wet look. So those last two things are a couple of hair um, hair. Um, trend. But let's just jump into it a little bit. The double liner, as I mentioned, has a lot to do with, um, first of all, not just kind of dropping that eyeliner pencil and using, you know, other products. Like some people like to use cream. Some people like to use uh, shadows. But using liners on the top and bottom, so same color liners on top and bottom. I mean, typically you may see like a black liner on top, and if somebody's using a shadow, they will probably, you know, they'll go with whatever color shadow they're using for underneath, so you get two different colors. So when they say double eyeliner, they're speaking of same color, same liner um, on the eye. And that's not... To me, that's not something that's new. Right. Um, you just see everybody yeah. doing it now. <laughs> exactly. There's a lot of people starting to do it now, but that's not nothing new. I'm so for the earthy shades, though, in, you know, in, in your makeup colors, especially shadows mm -hmm. and, um, mm -hmm. you know, lip colors. I'm so for the earthy shades for sure. Um, nice. One of the emerging um, makeup brands that they mentioned um, is Trini London. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but it's called Trini London. And um, mm -hmm. they're, they're kind of merged. Now, this to me is a growing trend, which is the emerging, emerging skincare and makeup. You're mm -hmm. beginning to see a lot yeah. of that, I know for sure, you know, in a lot of the, um, you know, in a lot of the skincare brands. But Trinity right. London, um, they have a lot of T-R-I-N-N-Y. Yeah, T-R-I-N-N-Y, London. And it's, the owner is Trini, I forget her last name, though. Um, but it's a U.K.-based um, based brand. Mm -hmm. Um, but I just wanted to mention a couple of the products, that the, some of their best sellers. Um, they have a BFF cream, which is a skin perfecter. They also have a BFF eye um, product, which is a serum and a concealer. Um, Sheer Shimmer, which is a lip and cheek product. And Eye to Eye is an eye shade, eye, eye color. Some of the things that they have um, 
for the face. I know I already mentioned the um, BFF cream and the BFFI, but um, those four things I mentioned previously are just their best sellers. But for the face, they have a BFF rebalance, which is a serum and foundation. The right light, which is a highlighter. Miracle Blur, which is a lip and line filler. A product called Face Finish, which is a mattifying balm. I would love to try that. Um, so you're right. They do, they do have a lot of products, but a lot of their cheek and eye products are so you can stack them, huh? Or do they come? Yeah. There is a stacking, okay. um, yeah, set. I think guess when you're buying them in sets, mm-hmm. you, can, you can stack them. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so it's... I'm, that's, now, that's the one trend. It, it's not mentioned in this article. It's not mentioned, but that's the one trend that I would love to kind of follow. And and it's kind of combining that emerging brands to try, but as well as the trend that they didn't mention, which is the, the merging of skincare and makeup together. I would love to follow mm-hmm. some emerging brands that are, that's doing that. Um, right. How they're, how they're implementing skincare and makeup together in their products. So um, I'll definitely keep an eye out on what Trini London is doing. You know, I'm, I'm curious to try um, Vanessa Myrick's, uh, what is it, Yummy, yummy Skin? Yummy? Mm-hmm. Oh, what mm-hmm. is that called? I'm, so, I'm curious it's to yummy. try that because, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I think it is called Yummy Skin. <clears throat> yeah, but I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to pull it up now to see what's in um, what's in her um, what's in that product actually because it's like a serum foundation. So I'm, I'm I just trying to, I just want to read exactly what's in. But but it's it's you know. It's things like that, like you said, you know, the whole hybrid of skincare and makeup uh, together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the Yummy Skin Serum yeah. Foundation. Um, Jojoba oil, mm-hmm. hyaluronic acid. That's what I was looking for. That's what I was looking for if they had hyaluronic acid in it. Gotcha. And squiggly, Yeah. Okay. That's definitely interesting. Mm-hmm. I'll be That's trying to sure. sure. <laughs> Right. I uh, definitely keep my eye on on some of those um some of those brands that are doing that for sure. Um so they were just talking about texture, um and these these are some hair hair trends. Um it says here, for summer hair, it's all about finding the balance between effortless and chic and for, and for many, heat-resistant. Um, you know, they were talking about a touch of texture. They are talking about long, shaggy, textured layers, textured bobs, and wavy, layered, mid-length cuts with, uh, with wavy bangs. That kind of stuff is in. You know, natural, it's all about natural texture. But they're saying goodbye to the beach waves. 
Mm-hmm. You know, all the beach waving, people are getting away from that. Um, and it's, they're saying that they're, they're beginning to see a natural, uh, a natural wave movement in the, in, when it comes to hair. So that's going to be uh, interesting to see um, in all textures, actually. And then you know when they were right. talking about the micro, when they were talking about the micro accessories, you know, they're just talking about um, you know bows and delicate ribbons, but you know everything being kind of small. I to be honest with you, I don't know any, um, not too many. I do know there are a few adults that I know of that you may see like um, you know, some kind of hair accessory, but I don't see too many ribbons. Um, not in adults. Right. Um, don't see too many ribbons and, and that kind of thing. But they're talking about delicate ribbons, um, having a subtle way to dress up an outfit with hair accessories. I'm going to keep my eye out on that one because uh, <laughs> that's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm looking for these ribbons. <laughs> we'll see. We will see. Yeah. Um, when they mentioned the strawberry strong, um, they're talking about, um, and this is a guy. Uh, let me see who. What's his name again? The Mark Ryan Studios mm-hmm. in New York City. He was saying that um, in his particular salon, they're they're loving uh, being able to see all the different um, versions of strawberry blonde hair. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But he said that it's you know he said it's a trend that they were seeing long before the pandemic. But after the pandemic, there were so many versions um, that people wanted many versions of this red tone that people wanted to customize um, to match mm. their skin tones to match their skin tones and eye colors. So that's kind of where that. Um, you know, where, when he says strawberry strong, because it's like so many different versions now of it. And he was like, that's kind of where it's coming from, people wanting to customize and match out of their eye color or their skin color. Right. I have not seen any of, any of that, so that's something I would love to see as well. And then he's talking about the wet look, just people wearing their hair. I guess you, you're going to see that with Caucasian women. Let's just be real. Um, you're not going to see too many, uh, I'll put it this way, you're not going to see too many black women walking around with the wet look. Because right. nine times out of ten, if it, if it looks wet, it is wet. So, right. you know. So, um, But anyway, he mentioned the wet look and pairing it with a red lip, something that's bold to go along with that wet the wet hair. Um, and he was actually talking about that for a night out, the wet look for a night out. Mm. So that's interesting. Very, Very interesting. <laughs> yes. So some of the trends for summer 22 for nails. So, you know, with nails, it's all about experimenting and you know, kind of, kind of anything goes with nails because right. a lot of the trendy, a lot of the trendy stuff 
you're not going to see a lot of, like, corporate women wearing a lot of the trendy stuff. You're going to mm-hmm. see more with corporate women. You're going to see more um, classic type of looks. But, um, but you know, it's all about experimenting. So for this summer, let's see what they're saying. They're saying um, they're thinking that classic shapes will remain true to the season, to any season, rather. Um, so, you know, your typical almond, coffin, square, squabble, all of that, they're, you know, they're pretty much saying all of that stuff is up for grabs this summer. So you'll see all of that continues. And I just think that's about preference anyway, not about following a trend. I think it's about preference um, and, and the shape of your, you know, your natural nail anyway. Um Neon nails. They're thinking more neon nails. Um, I'll be honest with you. I've never been into the neon nails. I don't mind bright, bold colors, but the neon nails Mm -hmm. I've never really been into because that's just um, a bit much. Sometimes you feel like when you have... Oh, this is just me. I feel like sometimes certain colors make me think that I can't wear certain colors when it comes to clothes. Like if I'm wearing something neon, I'm feeling like certain colors I can't wear when it comes to clothing. But some other people may feel the total opposite. They probably think, like, I'll wear whatever I want with these bright colors. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But it's just, I guess it's just me. But. Yeah, neon is going to be a thing, is what they're saying. But this sounded interesting mm-hmm. to me, and I think I love this, but they were talking about natural gems, so putting gems on natural nails. will be. They're thinking that that's going oh, to wow. be a thing this summer. Mm-hmm. They said always goes well, in and out, but they think. Go ahead. Hmm? No, they were saying no, the things like pearls, pearls and gems can be a popular thing once again this summer. So, yeah. and you know, more well, people are say? more people are. I was going to say that more people are, you know, going back to doing that, you know, to wearing their natural. And I don't mean their natural nails with gel polish; just straight natural right. nails with regular polish. More women are going back right. to that. So to see those types of natural nails or gems would be interesting. Yeah, I I I love that. I would love to see that. Um, I definitely would love to see that. And you know how mm-hmm. we were just talking about um, the the infusion of skincare and makeup. Mm-hmm. So they're basically saying saying now when it comes to skincare this summer, you know, as the lines between beauty and skincare continues to blur, more and more are using their morning routines to achieve today's coveted glowy look. You know how <laughs> even like on the show. And that's exactly and that's, um, the, that's the whole purpose of it. <laughs> exactly. This glowy this glowy look that everybody is going after. Um mm-hmm. You know, so um, basically they were, um, a celebrity makeup artist was talking about just skin minimalism. 
And so mm-hmm. they're talking about in terms of treatments, like before where we were packing on layers and layers and layers and layers of, of skin products, um, they're basically saying, like, now we should be um, simplifying it. Mm-hmm. So because, And they're saying now that, you know, when we overload the skin with excessive ingredients and treatments, we're more likely to experience skin sensitivities instead of just focusing on um, hydrating, calming, and balancing versus this uh, more aggressive where people are, like, aggressively applying anti-aging peels and extractions and exfoliators. Should be more focused on, like, hydrating the skin, calming the skin, and balancing, balancing their treatments. To me, yeah. that sounds like something that should have been going on anyway. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean. I, I feel like um, I, I feel like I feel like um, people won't get the 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 most or the best out of their skincare. You know, because most people are just gonna like, oh, my foundation's got hyaluronic acid in it. Oh, perfect. I don't have to. I don't have to buy a separate serum, or you know what I mean. Or I don't have to buy separate skincare because skincare because my you know my foundation's got it in it so I don't need it or you know when people buy foundation that has uh, sunscreen in it they're like okay well I don't need a separate one because this it's not going to be the same as having a separate serum or a separate you know sunscreen so don't get caught up in buying you know makeup that's got in it. Like, that's great that your makeup has hyaluronic acid in it. If you want that glowy, dewy look, that's great. You know, just be careful putting that on the skin. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. But if that's what you want to do, that's fine. But I, I still think people need to have a separate skincare routine that will target their specific skin type, um, you know, before um, going for, you know, cosmetics that has, you know, skin mm-hmm. products in it. Because I don't think right. it's going to be as effective. I don't think you're going to have as much hyaluronic acid in your, in your yummy skin, you know, skin foundation as you, w- as you would if you just had a separate hyaluronic serum. That's right. <laughs> but, you know, of course they go on to talk about all of this this glowy skin, but then they're also thinking that green skin care will be on trend in the summer this year because, um, you know, a lot of people are now beginning to have this whole body approach to beauty and wellness. Um, mm-hmm. So just looking more people. So just, I think because, you know, a lot of people have been into green skin care, but I think now more people are going that direction. So just seeing, a, you know, a little bit more green um, skincare, right? And plant-based, you know, a lot of plant-based um, products, right? Um, so yeah, so I mean, they go on to say a whole lot more, but I just wanted to cover some of the of the basics. I think. Um, when it comes to skincare, I already felt like, you know, I think people were piling things on because they wanted that glowy look. Look at me, I'm glowing, and or this is what this product does. It makes you glow. 
but it don't it don't take a whole lot to make you glow. You know, <laughs> no. especially if it's you know what I mean. Not, not in the summertime. No, definitely not in the summertime. But especially if you have skin that's um, not extremely dry, it's not going to take a lot of product to give you a glow. You know, and um, if you wear sunscreen, you know, sunscreen on the right skin will make you glow. Yeah, absolutely. And some of these formulas now—that's what some of them are made to do. You know. So exactly. it doesn't take, like, face oil or serum and a moisturizer and, you know, all these things piling on top of each other. It doesn't take all that. So, but it's mm-hmm. going to be interesting. I guess now more people are coming out of their masks, so now you're going to be able to kind of see what what everybody has going on um, with their summer looks. So it'll be interesting. I need people to keep you know, those masks on. <laughs> yes. So we can get through this COVID mess. Right. But not I'm definitely up. gonna um I'm definitely gonna be looking at the natural nail and the gems. I might even do something myself, you know, do a look myself. I I love the idea of that on natural nails. Mhm. I love that idea. Yeah, cool. All right. Well, we come to the end of our time. Um, Again, we are back next week, same time, 9 p.m. You can follow us. We are Beauty Talk Online on Facebook. We are Beauty Beauty underscore Talk on Twitter. And we are Beauty underscore Talk underscore Media on Instagram. And you can follow both my sister and I on all social media platforms just by our names. I am at Janice Tunnell, that's D-A-N-I-C-E-T-U-N-N-E-L-L. And then my sister's at Denise Tunnell, that's D-E-N-I-S-E-T-U-N-N-E-L-L um, on all social media platforms. All right. Just really quickly, so again, I just, um, just quickly I want to say just really quickly I want to say thank you to our listeners from this past week. I um, keep seeing that we have um, listeners in Ghana, which I'm really excited about, and Senegal, which I'm really excited about, um, joining us uh, for the past few weeks. So um, just want to say thank you to all our listeners, and just give a shout out also to our listeners in the UK, um, the US, Australia. Um, and, you know, just around the world. We thank you all, and also Canada. Can't forget Canada. We thank you all for listening. Absolutely. And, again, for those who are interested in Naha, the entries are now open, so make sure you get to it. Um, That's for 2023. All right. Again, thank you guys for listening, and thank you for your continued support. Have a wonderful evening, and have a beautiful and blessed week. Good night, everybody. Good night.